Welcome to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner, a show about shifting our individual and collective beliefs on what is possible for the future of humanity. As our understanding of how our reality continues to shift, we are at a point of reunification between science and spirituality. What does the world look like when we break free from the generational trauma that has kept most humans playing small for thousands of years and step into our full power as the co-creators of this reality? I always ask that you keep an open mind with this podcast. Ask yourself what resonates with my truth at this time and what does not. Respect your intuition, but see if you can get through the whole show because there might be that little nugget buried deep in the conversation that unlocks something for you. All right, welcome back to Changing the Channel. Today I'm joined by Paul Levitin. He's a self-confidence coach, a podcaster, he's a public speaker, and he helps people with the mental side of wellness. He is the founder of the Happy Healthy Human Academy, helping millennial professionals overcome self-doubt. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you so much for that introduction and thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to to get into it. I I, I enjoy um, a little bit more of a down to earth perspective. So, let's hop right in. How did you get to a point where you wanted to help people create a happy, healthy life? Um, well, it, it came kind of half from my profession and half from my personal life. So, my from my profession, I started when I after I graduated college. I ended up becoming a personal trainer. And as I say, ended up because it was never something I sought out doing or wanted to do. It just kind of, I needed a job and that was a thing that I could do. So I started doing it. But then through personal training, I actually realized, oh, I actually like this. I can actually be good at this and I'm actually helping people. And so I started to actually try and and that became my career for about 10 years and through personal training, also, you know, nutrition is also the logical next step. So I'm helping people with 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 personal training, fitness, and nutrition. And through that, I learned about helping people. It's like, oh, I can help people be better. These things that I know about exercise, about eating, are helping people be healthier. It's helping them change their lives in a positive way. And that feels good. You know, it's one of those things, I, I healed people heal people, right? Everyone like you or like me who's here talking about this type of stuff is because you felt it yourself. And once you feel it, it's like, oh, well, I can't not share this with the world. So it was like in, in that regard, I was like, okay, like there's a way, you know, a lot of people are battling chronic illness and pain and whatever negative physical ailments they have. And it's like, I can help them. So like, that is just a cool thing. And then through my own personal journey, do it whilst that was my career, I got more into personal development and the mental side of like, okay, like, Although that stuff is great and important, it's not everything, right? You can have, help someone lose weight or be chiseled or whatever. It's like it doesn't fix what's going on inside their head. So that became the thing I became very interested in. And again, it just kind of added to that, right? When you have the physical body, the next logical step is also, okay, now we also have to work on the mind. Um, and th that became my passion for myself personally. And I dove into that world of making myself better reading and podcasts and YouTubes and seminars and all that stuff. And again, like once I had it myself, it's like, okay, like this stuff isn't a secret. It's not like something I figured out. It's just something that I took the time to take in and now I can disseminate it out into the world in a way that is helpful for people. And why wouldn't I want to do that? 
Beautiful. And you get to kind of add a little bit of your, your flair to it as well. Like nobody has learned exactly the same uh, information that you have in the, in the same manner and has the same perspectives and the same background. So as you learn all this stuff, even though, you know, you're probably at seminars with hundreds and hundreds of people, it's still your unique perspective, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I don't want to like belittle it. Like I've done a lot of work. I've, I've done all of this stuff and I had, you know, I had to do that to be able to teach it or, or coach it or whatever you want to call it. But I just, I'm very cognizant of the fact that there's no new information under the sun. Most of what I'm reading or learning or teaching about is Buddhism that's X thousand years old, Stoicism that's however many thousand years old, Judaism, Christianity, all of these things. Like these are ancient teachings that, that you know, we, we know what's up. Same thing with physical fitness. It's like, I didn't invent how to do a push-up, you know, like I'm just, lear- I'm just teaching people how to do it. Right. But it's, it's kind of like, you know, like it, it's, it's like a soup, right? Like no two soups are ever the same. Everyone knows what chicken noodle soup is, but even if you have two of the exact same chicken noodle soup, the scoop you get out of that bowl is going to be different because of just the, the, what makes it up. So it's, it's, it's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, it's the same. Um, it's a little bit different in the sense that like, it is my perspective on it, but it's the same, the meat and potatoes of what is being said is different, but it's the flavor you put on it. And that's, what's important because that's what makes people able to absorb it. Something that I might say might click with someone, not because it's new information, but because it's my, the way I say things, cause I bring my own, whatever attitude to it. And someone else might not have read that book. They might've picked up the book that I read and they might've put it down. Cause they were like, this book is boring, but I got on page 127. There was this one little golden nugget that I really liked. And now I'm regurgitating it on your podcast and that's helpful for someone. So it, it all, it all evens out in the end. Yeah, exactly. I want to take a minute from the show to share how you can support changing the channel. This show is my passion project, and if you feel called to support, the best place to start is by subscribing and sharing the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Next would be to check out my website in the show notes, where you can become a VIP of the show and get exclusive content not available anywhere else. Finally, you can engage with the Q&A and polls to have direct say in the direction of the show. I am forever thankful for your support. And now back to the show. So how do you teach people to be, to live a happier, healthier life? What, what is the trick to, to having a happier life? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be nice, right? If there was just yeah, some right. trick. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing, you know, the, the, the reason I, I, again, going down that path or kind of the story I was just talking about how I started as a trainer, then I got into personal development. The reason I, you know, I, I started the happy, healthy human and why my business is, coaching confidence and, uh, you know, helping people, you know, helping like millennial professionals, like move into that next step of their careers, because that's what I realized was the thing that everyone wanted. Right. Even when I was in the gym, people were like, Oh, help me lose weight. It's like, well, why do you want to lose weight? Well, cause when I lose weight, then I'll be blank. And usually blank was happier or more confident, right? When I want more money, I want to be more fit. I want to have a better job. I want to have a better, a, a prettier girlfriend or boyfriend. I want to, whatever, I want to have a bigger house, more status, blah, blah, blah. All of these things. It's like, we just want to be happier. We just want to have self-confidence at the end of the day. And so I was like, well, why don't we just cut to the end and cut to the chase? And like, that's really what people are after. And that's what I want to help people get. So to me, again, there's no one magic answer for this. These are the hard questions that, you know, philosophers have struggled with again for thousands and thousands of years. And I don't propose to have one answer to them, but what I have seen is a lot of struggles that people have. And being that I've had the luxury of 
because I've been a coach for so long and I've worked with so many people, most people only see their own story play out and maybe their immediate family, right? Like you know yourself, you're like I tried this and it didn't work. I tried this and it didn't work. My sister tried this, she told me it worked, but then I tried this and it didn't work. But as a coach, you get to see it, you, you get to run more trials, right? I have thousands and thousands of iterations of people I've worked with over a decade. And I'm like, okay, these are the, 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 the bottlenecks that most people get into. These are the things that hold people back. These are the places that most people do well and then they fall off, right? Because everyone has the same experience. Like everything was going good until blank. It's like, oh, I was like, I, I, you know, again, I, I use weight loss as an analogy just because I come from a fitness background, but it's, again, this could be physical fitness. This could be mental health. This could be literally anything. It's just one of those things that everything is the same is something that I say a lot, right? Like you, you're, you, change is change is change. So that's what really, when we keep peeling back the onion, all of this stuff is, is just a change. People are one way and they want to be a, a, a different way. And the thing that I don't propose to know what happiness, what will make people happy. But what I can try to do is help them from getting in their own way, which is making them unhappy, right? It's like most people to me know what they want. They even know how to get it. Most people will say they don't know how to get it. They're like, well, I just don't know how, but it's like we Google, you know, Google exists. All right, guys, like there's a book for everything, whatever your thing is, whether it's losing weight, becoming rich, reaching enlightenment, whatever your thing is, there's a book for it. You could Google it. Siri will tell you how, chat GPT will tell you how. So the whole thing of like why I don't know how to do it, it's just not a real excuse. The The real thing is it's like, I've tried it. I messed up. I failed. I don't want to try again. And that's what, what it all boils down to is we get in our own way. We self-sabotage. It's human nature. And when we do that enough times, we we get what's called learned helplessness, where learned helplessness is where you don't want to try anymore because your brain has just has just internalized the fact that I'm never going to get it. Right. And we just give up. So as a coach, as a speaker, as my podcast, whatever it is, all I'm trying to do is to get people out of their own way long enough to actually get the result that they're after and stop falling into the same patterns of self-sabotage. Because eventually if you do that too much, you're just going to go, well, this is, this doesn't work. It's not for me, but this stuff is really for everyone. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's very important as people, are trying to make changes or trying to change the channel that they're tuned into. I mean, it, it's always a practice. It's never just, you know, a quick little fix. And, and we live in this Western society where everything is a one pill away or one, uh, you know, one seminar away and you're fixed and healed forever. And, and it's like, no, you have to actually integrate that information into your, into your consciousness. You have to bring that information in, even though you know it, you have to now make it a part of your daily life. Like you have to, bring that into your your actual day-to-day -day operations and that's how that that change starts to happen because you know it, it maybe it only takes a couple of weeks maybe it takes two days maybe it takes five years it just depends on how much you're willing to put into it but that change will happen if you continue down that road if you if you believe that it will happen the change will happen so that's a that's, that's a a great reminder for for everybody out there um, do you have any tips as far as, you know, you've, you've tried it two, three, four times. How do you keep getting back up on that horse? How do you, um, keep giving it as much effort as you did on that first try, even though you failed two or three or four times? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think that there's a combination of things. One is if I failed a bunch of times, I have to, the first place I'm going to look is at the goal because why am I failing over and over? 
some again, med, you know, like move away from weight loss, meditation. Plenty of people have tried to meditate. Like, oh, I, I, I tried meditating, but I suck. I tried meditating, and I did it for a, a couple of days, and, and then I, I, I and I, I've, I, this has been me too. I'm not a great meditator. I have, I've, I've strung together maybe like 30 days or something in a row, but like it's never been a big part of my practice. And like, so if that's the case, it's like, okay, well, let's look at what we're trying to do here. Oh, I've been trying to meditate for 10 minutes. Okay, well, maybe 10 minutes is too much. Oh, well, I, I've tried to meditate, but I, every time I try to meditate, I, I, new thoughts come into my head and I'm, I'm trying to quiet my mind. It's like, well, maybe you don't understand what meditation is because meditation isn't actually about quieting your thoughts consciously. So like we have to actually look at what we're even asking for because that could be the root of the issue in and of itself, right? Again, I weight loss is a perfect example too because people are like, well, I'm, I, I, I didn't do it. I, I, I started on this diet and I failed because I didn't lose the weight I was going to lose. I didn't lose 50 pounds like I wanted to. It's like, but did you eat healthy? Did you lose two pounds? Did you like, did you, did you start to, did you start to walk more and do all these things? Like maybe, maybe, maybe there was actual progress there. You were just so myopically focused on what you thought it should be. And the shoulds are something that I think when I talk about what are the things that people always hold people back, the shoulds are one of them. If you think about the way things should be and not the way things are, that's something that's going to get you into that place of like, well, I can't do this. I quit. Where instead, if you can look at it like, okay, well, maybe I was just had the, the goal wrong. Now I can reassess because the thing I failed four times, if I just chunk down that goal and I go from trying to meditate for 10 minutes to try to meditate for 30 seconds, you might say that's too easy. But the point is that it sets you up for winning. I just told, talked before about learned helplessness. Learned helplessness is, again, when you try something too many times and you fail too many times, your brain, being a smart guy that it is, is going to go, what's the point of continuing to try this? We can't do it. Let's just save our energy. But we can do the opposite, where if we, if we build wins into our day and we have small things that add up, we start to build momentum. This is where self-confidence comes from. So it's it, like people think like, well, that, that 30 seconds can't make a difference. Well, one, it can because it's more than nothing. Right? So you're, you're so hooked on trying to do 10 minutes, but you're doing nothing. I'm here offering you to do 30 seconds and you're saying it's not long enough. It's like, well, but it's more than nothing. And then you, 30 seconds becomes 45 seconds. 45 seconds becomes 47 seconds. 47 seconds becomes 50 seconds. And maybe it stops there, but maybe eventually two years from now, you're at 10 minutes. It doesn't matter the, 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 the timeline. The point is that you break it down. One, again, you assess the goal. Is this actually the goal that I need to be striving for? Because that could be a big part of why I keep falling my, finding myself falling off. And then two, can I make this simpler? I do goal-setting exercises with my clients. I have episodes of my podcast about this. If anyone wants to go listen to it, literally the second episode of my podcast, there's almost 300 episodes now. The very second episode is all about goal-setting because I think it's that important. It's one of the very first things I ever wanted to talk about. It's like, I want you to be so confident when you set a goal that you feel like you can't fail it. So when I have a client and they're all that, I'm like, what do you want to do? Again, I want to meditate more. I want to eat healthier. I want to have a better relationship with my mom. I want to save for the future. I don't, it doesn't matter what goal it is. How confident are you on a scale of one to 10 that you can take the actions necessary to get this goal? So it's not about getting the result. You don't control the result, right? You can meditate. You don't control if you reach enlightenment. You can save for the future. You don't control if that, if the stock market goes up or down, you can diet. You don't control how much, how much weight you lose. How the, but the inputs you control, you control what you put into your mouth. You control how much you save. You control how long you sit on the mat for and meditate. You can't control if your mind wanders, but you can control how long you sit there for. So of those inputs, how confident am I on a scale of one to 10 that I can do what I'm saying I'm going to do? So if my goal is I want to meditate for 10 minutes, how confident am I that I can sit on the mat for 10 minutes and not get up? doesn't matter if my mind wanders. doesn't matter if anything else. Like, actually, well, after five minutes, my legs start to hurt. 
you know, I, I probably could power through it, but I'm like a seven out of 10. Like, well, then that goal is too hard for you. Well, let's, what about if we said you only had to sit there for five minutes? Well, my legs usually start to, to hurt after five minutes. So if it's, we're only going up to five minutes, I'm a nine or a 10 that I can do that. Okay, boom. That's a perfect goal. That's what I want. Because now again, psychologically, I'm setting myself up for success rather than setting myself up for failure. So, you know, people think, can think of this as backwards. Like, aren't I supposed to have these big grandiose goals? Like, those are cool. They're great. They can motivate you, but they actually far often, more often than not set you up for failure because they put you in a place where you're like, you're beating yourself up. You feel down on yourself. Oh my God, I've tried everything. It doesn't work. I've done this a hundred times. How is it going to be different on the hundred and first time? So it's like, I'd rather it be so stupid, simple that it almost feels insulting. You're like, are you seriously going to tell me that like, this is even a goal? I'm like, yeah. And then tomorrow you make it a little bit harder. And then tomorrow you make it a little bit harder. All of a sudden you're a new person down the road. So that's how I would tackle this stuff in a tactical kind of way. Yeah. Uh, the whole idea that the 1% each day uh, gets you to a point where you know, uh, very quickly within 30 days, you're a hundred percent better. And that's, that, that's a very, um, I love that perspective that, that you just got to make, make the goal almost too easy so that you uh, rack up a win and then rack up another win. And then before you know it, you've got 10, 10 wins in that win category and you're feeling invincible. And then, yeah, that's when you start to add in those bigger goals and bigger goals and bigger goals. And, you know, I think it's very important that, that having a coach, I, I have a coach for my mindset for, for doing what I'm doing. And I think having that coach, having that mirror for you is very important. It's, it's very important to um, make sure that as you are making these changes, that there's somebody there that is not only telling you, Hey, you're doing a great job. And that, uh, that, you know, that's a big win. That's a huge thing that you just did, even though it might not seem like it to, to the person that's doing it because they've failed six or seven or eight times. And then they had this little win and they're like, oh man, you know, cool. I got one win. It's like, no, that coach is there. They're building you up They're They're helping you understand how big of a momentum changer that is. And then they're there to be a mirror when you're down on yourself, when you're, you know, back in that negative aspect of yourself and, and just kind of, poo-pooing everything that's going on in, in their life. Yeah. One of the biggest, most important, impactful parts of having a coach or a therapist or a mentor, right? It doesn't have to be just a coach, but, but all of these things kind of circle in the same thing. It's what I call outside eyes. That's really what you're paying for. If you pay for a coach, if you hire a therapist, even a mentor, if they do it for free, whatever, it's like what you're paying for is a second perspective. I just said before about how you only see things from your own life, right? Like you get, you might know yourself, your family. We only see things from our own point of view. But what a good coach will do is they'll they'll take you outside, right? You're, you're the saying you miss the forest for the trees, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you are only looking at things from one way, you get caught up. My, one of my favorite sayings is you can't read the label from inside the jar. When you're too close, you get stuck in it, right? So sometimes you need someone to pull you out to realize like, oh, it's not the way I thought it was, right? Like again, the example I, I used before, oh, I set, I set my goal to meditate for, for 10 minutes. I only meditated for two minutes today. I'm a failure. That might be how it feels. That might be how it, literally how it feels to me. But then my coach might go, hey, but a week ago you were only meditating for 30 seconds or you weren't meditating at all. So actually two minutes is a huge improvement. What if we looked at it that way? And then you go, oh, okay, I, I wasn't looking at it that way. Just that simple act of them changing your perspective, that's what you're looking for. 
that's what the that person because we're always our own worst critic so having someone outside of us to help us see things from other angles is what is the most valuable thing that we can get for, we, we we can ask for from someone again like i said it doesn't have to be a coach but this is the same thing that a therapist would do if you sit sit down with someone for talk therapy cognitive behavioral therapy any type of therapy like that that's all they're doing is just going like okay that's how you see it but what if we looked at it like this and that can change everything because the way you see things dictates the reality of what your actual life is Right. That's that's the main theme of this podcast, that the internal reality is creating the external reality, that when you shift what your beliefs and what your patterns and what your thoughts are, you now live in a different reality. You're changing the timeline that you're existing in. And that that uh, I think is it's a fundamental principle in any self-development and any philosophy in I would say probably most religions as well is that you know the work that needs to be done is the work on yourself and that's where it starts and then as you and I have kind of experienced as you do that work on yourself and you start feeling better and better and better now you have this pull towards helping others like I experienced this this is something that I went through and it made me feel so much better and now I want to share it with other people and and that's the journey of you know, uh, any, any self-development, uh, process basically. Now you had, um, we had talked earlier about the natural rules of the universe or the natural rules of how reality works. Um, can, can we get into a little bit about that and how that plays into how you coach people? Yeah, this is something, you know, when I think about coaching, I, I think that, I think of everything like a game, right? Life is like a game. And I think that a lot of people struggles, again, what I said before, I don't know how to make everyone happy, but I do know what makes people unhappy. And what makes people unhappy to me, again, what I found is that people are playing the game without knowing the rules. And when you're playing the game, not without knowing the rules, it's like, if you ever played Mario Kart, I don't know if I'm dating myself, but like you play Mario Kart with Super Nintendo, you know, back in the day, you know, and you pick up the wrong controller or you're looking at the wrong screen, right? Remember it used to be yeah. split screens and you're looking at the, uh, at the wrong screen. And then all of a sudden you look at the top and the guy's just bumping into the wall, like bump, 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 yep. bump, bump. And you're in last place. That's how people are playing the game of life. They are think they think they're playing, they think they're in control, but they're actually just slamming themselves into a wall headfirst over and over and over. So the first thing we have to do is be like, okay, like that's not how the game works. That's not how you play. You're holding the controller upside down. And then that's not to say that they're going to take off and be in first place, but at least they're playing the game now. At least they're in the race and at least they have a chance And having a chance and coming in last place feels a lot better than just coming in last place because I didn't even know what was going on. Right. You so, haven't even left the starting, starting. Game. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's when people get frustrated because it's like, what I, they're like, I'm doing everything right. It's like, you're not doing everything right. You think you're doing everything right, but you're, you're not. You're, again, you're doing, you have, you're, you have, again, you're holding the controller upside down. You're looking at the wrong screen. You're not even playing the same game. So for me, there's certain just realities that we have to come to grips with to start playing the game in the way that it is. And to me, there's a certain things like understanding what we control and what we don't. Right. There's, you know, the, the, the concept of like spheres of influence, right? Focus all of your energy on what you can control. And I think this is a great place to start because, you know, what is happening in my, the, 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 the election cycle or something like that. It's like, okay, I can vote, but I can't control any of that. What's happening with the virus and the, the mask mandates. It's like, I can't do it. I can't control any of that. What's happening with my boss, whatever. It's like, uh, there's only so much in this life that we can control that we even have any say so over. Right. And it's like, 
when I talk about a truth, like that is a truth. Like no amount of me wanting that not to be so makes it so. No amount of someone saying like, no, you, you have, you control, you know, your elections, like your vote counts. It's like, okay, but it doesn't like it, like it counts as much as one vote counts, but I don't have a sway over that. No amount of someone like, like kicking and screaming and digging their feet in can change the way things are. So what we control is only what's limited to our own body, our own thoughts, our own minds. And then I go a, la- a layer deeper because I'm like, in reality, you don't even control that right? On this podcast already, I've misspoken several times, right? I control my words until I flub my, what I'm saying. I control my thoughts until we all, all had negative thoughts before. and be like, why did I even think that? Or, you know, thought, couldn't stop thinking about an X or something like that. And you wish you could get them out of your head. So it's like, oh, well, I control what your thoughts are, but you don't control your thoughts either. Well, I control my body. Well, I can't just will my muscles to grow. I can't will my heart to, to beat faster or slower. I can't will myself healthy if I'm sick. So even these things that we think we have control over, we have very little. We have some modicum of control over. But we have very little. So when I th- talk about what is a truth or a reality of the universe, that's one of them, that we have so little control over anything. And that's something that we just have to accept, right? Like Because w- the opposite, if we don't accept it, what we do is we go around thinking we're in control, thinking that what we, with the actions that we take have a direct correlational effect on the things that we're trying to do. And it just isn't like that. And when you have that thought, you end up getting into self-sabotage because you get so frustrated that your brain doesn't understand why is this happening? If you think you have control over everything and you're doing all the things in the way you think that they should be done, but you're not getting the result that you think that you should get, your brain is going to go, this isn't fair. Again, I need to stop trying, learned helplessness. I'm not going to give myself the option anymore. Whereas if I can look at the things where it's like, okay, I can try, but even if I try, I know that it might not work out in the, the way that I want it to. But I also know that the best possibility that I have for it to work out the way I want it to is by me trying. Because right, you could say, well, well then why try? Well, because trying, it doesn't make it definite, but it gives you the actual best probable chance. If you don't try, you definitely won't get it. If you do try, you might get it, you might not. But people are thinking of it as I don't, if I don't try, I won't get it. And if I do try, I will get it. And that's just not how it is. So these are the type of things that we just kind of have to, we have to be okay with because now when you agree on that, when we can, we, we can agree there now it's like, okay, now we can start the game over, but we're actually playing the same game. And that's, what's important to me to get someone started on a journey like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely f- f- trying to control things or believing that you control things that you don't control. I mean, that that can't be any more frustrating and uh, your brain is is way way more developed and it it does exactly what it needs to do it it shuts down it it conserves energy it it makes sure that it's it's not wasting energy on things that it that it doesn't is not able to control but the 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 conscious mind wants to be able to control everything and that that's uh, very difficult to kind of come after and and it it sounds so easy when you say it like that, you know, just, just get past it. But I know in practice, it's definitely a, li- a lot more difficult to, to just release all control and say, you know, I, I will only control the, the reaction that I have to it. But as I've done that, it, it's become much easier. And, and, and again, it's a practice. You continue to do it over and over. You rack up just a little bit of win and then another win and then another win. And then before you know it, like, the only thing that you're working on is the mindset that you have about everything that's happening. So it's not about what did happen. It's about how I'm reacting to what happened. And eventually you stop reacting and you start responding. You start saying, okay, that happened. 
here's the circumstances that led to that. And how could I have shown up maybe in a different way? Or how could I just not allow that to affect me? And that's when, you know, I think happiness starts to blossom. That's, that's where you start to experience these, these happy thoughts, even though everything isn't going exactly how you hoped it would. But you're, you're still enjoying the process. You're still enjoying that, that uh, whatever you're doing. Yeah, there's a few things that I really like that you just said. One is exactly that, right? When you kind of release these expectations, that is where happiness creeps in. Because when you have expectations, and again, the shoulds of what the way things are supposed to be, or these expectations around how it was going to work out, but then it doesn't, that is what leaves us disappointed. Because we are, it's what I call arguing with reality, right? If I wanted it to be this way, but it's not, it's that way then I am at uh, the way things are, are at a direct opposition from the way that I wanted things to be. So that to me is the automatic recipe for disease, dissent, unhappiness, everything like that. It's like, I'm, I'm saying legitimately the way I want life to be is not how life is. And that can only lead to discontentment that can only lead to unhappiness. So anytime I have an expectation or a should, that's always going to be the result because if I'm saying it should be this way, I'm saying that it's not right. I don't say I should tie my shoe if my shoes are tied. Hmm. I don't say I should have got that raise if I got the raise. The only time I use the word should is if it didn't happen. And when I'm saying that, I'm saying that things aren't the way that they, that I want them to be. So instead, if I understand that it shouldn't be like anything, all it is, is the way that it is. If I got fired, it's not that I shouldn't have got fired. I did get fired. Okay. I, I might not be like now, as you said before, how do I respond from here? right? React versus respond. I like that too, because it's like, and you, you were saying like, oh, like all I control is my reactions. But again, in reality, not really. You don't, you, you don't respond. You're, you don't control your initial gut reaction to something. When you get fired, you go, oh, you know, whatever you curse, you scream, you cry, whatever. Then after that initial gut reaction, then you have a chance to reel it in. So it's really like your response to the response. And over time you can reduce that time period in between them to where you're from because of your emotions are going to take over and then your logical brain kicks in later right so all of this stuff logically again we know right logically we know that when we get fired throwing a temper tantrum isn't going to help us logically we know that if the stock market crashes and i lose all my money that me doing something drastic or you know something like that isn't going to help but we're not making logical decisions in those moments we're making emotional decisions so all we can do is, again, the, the truth, the reality of the universe to me, at, at least, is to just realize that like we can't change those things. And if I can't change those things, the emotional reaction are only serving me negatively because it's not actually helping, right? So my, my, my emotional reactions, they're natural to have. I'm never going to fault someone for reacting emotionally, but I have to realize like, okay, like take a breath. And now how can I move forward? How can I, how can I progress from here? Because most people get stuck in those emotional reactions and they think like, well, yeah, this isn't fair. And then they, that just spirals out of control like that. So it, it, it's exactly like you said, it is a practice. Like I don't want to minimize any of this stuff. I'm not saying that any of what I'm saying is easy to do. There's a reason that most people stay stuck forever. And there's a reason that philosophers and religions have talked about this type of thing for thousands of years, and there's still no one solid answer. So it is extremely hard. It's extremely challenging, but that doesn't change the fact that it's what we need to do if we want to progress to the next level. Yeah. And you said something about 
stuck emotions. And that's something that, that on this podcast we talk a lot about. It's that when you get those stuck emotions, they they become a pattern and then the pattern becomes a belief and then that belief becomes who you are. So if you have this, you know, you get fired from your job, right? And you don't deal with those emotions. You don't take them in a healthy manner and remove them from, from your body. Then they become a belief. You you start to believe, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm not good enough for this job or I'm not good enough for any job. And then that belief starts to become a that that pattern and that uh once you once it becomes who you truly are then uh, the change is going to be very 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 difficult because if you believe that you are somebody who is unemployable you're never going to get a job you're you're going to find reasons to be unemployable because that's who you are and then uh, trying to address that and trying to get that out you know you have to get back to the root of that that belief and whether that that the root of that belief started with that getting fired from the job or it started when you were two or three or four years old and your parents said that you weren't enough to sit at the dinner table or something along those lines but you have to go all the way back to the root of the cause to to really release those emotions to release those patterns to release those beliefs and then once you get to that that uh, all the way down and you've got that that energetic pattern out out of your body now you are clear. You're able to, instead of react from that emotion, because that's where the reaction comes from, these, these stuck emotions, these blockages in your energy system. Once you get rid of them, now you can just respond. Now you can have a clear head and a clear ability to just respond to all the stimuli that are coming into you. Good, bad, neutral. Uh, again, it's my perspective that basically everything in the universe is neutral, you as the conscious being gets to decide, okay, that's good or that's bad or that's positive and that's negative. And at, at the fundamental level, you know, that's just not true. It's just a story that you're telling yourself. You can always see the other side of the coin, whether it's positive or negative. And that's kind of the fun part of being in this, in, in this um, duality that we exist in, right? It's that you get to pick and choose what stories or what side of the coin that you get to get to experience. Yeah, I I even take it one step further in my own this is on my own personal philosophy that I've just kind of been expanding on recently in my own life and it's just that like it's not even yes, I I agree, right? There's no such thing as good or bad. Everything is just what we the, the judgment that we put on things. But to me, it's not even like okay, it's good or bad, we get to decide which one. To me, it's like there's no such thing as good as good or bad. There is only what is it's not good or bad. It just is. Right. And that's like coming down to that, like ultimate level of acceptance. It's like, there's no such thing as like good, bad, positive, negative. There's just the reality. Like it's like, it's like when people ask about, Oh, would you, you know, if you could go back and change something about your past, would you, it's like, you can't change anything, even the worst things, because the worst things made you who you are today. And if the worst things made you who you are today, could it really be the worst thing? Right. Like, and, and again, you can take this to extremes, things like murder and, and all that. It's like, these things are inherently bad and yet bad, good things come from bad things, right? Someone, someone's mom dies in an accident and then that person becomes a, a police officer and then they save 500 lives. I don't know. I'm making things up, but like stuff like that happens, right? Like, well, killing people is always bad. Well, what about the Navy SEAL who shot Osama bin Laden? It's like, these things are just like, they're just things that happen. And when we can accept them for what they are, which is a piece of the story, 
Everything is just a story. Everything that's happened up until now is a piece of my story. And I can just respect it from that. I can take it. I can learn from it and I can move forward. The more I can detach emotion from these things, because all of these things, they, they like the stories, when we put emotions on them, then they become a bad thing. It's like, oh, well, that was like that. That's a sad story. That's a bad story. That's I hate that story. It's like, well, that's because you're attaching emotion to it. If I can just look at these things like data, like, okay, that's just the thing that happened. Now I get to just live my life. I, I'm unburdened by all of this stuff, all of these stories, because that's all it is. It's just stories, right? Like everyone, the, the same person, I mean, different people can hear the same story. And like you said, one person's going to judge it good. One person's going to judge it bad. So what if I just realize that it's just a story? It's not, it's not, the point isn't if it's good or bad. The point is that it happened. Okay. It happened to me. That is in my past. Now I'm where I am. Now I get to move forward. So for me, it's just like the, the ultimate understanding is that like, there is just reality. Anything that is a judgment beyond that is just a judgment and it doesn't serve any true purpose. Like, again, if I'm, even if I'm saying that it's a good thing, it's like, what does that, that, that actually do for me? It's like it, to me, it's just about like, can I accept the reality? And if I can accept reality, I can move forward without a burden. It's not weighing me down anymore. I accept it. I can leave it where it is. And now I can move forward unburdened. And that to me is the ultimate goal is to not have all of these stories weighing us down, whether they're good or bad or positive or negative to just be able to say, okay, that happened. And now I'm, uh, now I'm okay. And now I can move forward. Perfect. Well, I think we figured it out. I think we figured out the key to happiness. Um, this was a, a wonderful conversation, Paul. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, for those who are looking for help finding their happy, healthy lives, where can, uh, where can somebody find you? Yeah. I mean, I would love for anyone to just go and listen to my podcast. I have coaching and I have courses that I can sell you, but I have over 300 episodes of podcasts that you can listen to for free and learn so much. So that's really the first place I would point people is to just the happy, healthy human podcast, go and binge it or just like listen to what you can. And then beyond that, if you really want to talk, need help, anything like that, you can always reach out. It's just my name at Paul Leviton on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever that I'm, I'm active everywhere. Just send me a DM. I'd love to chat. Perfect. I'll make sure I include those all in the show notes. So if you want to work with Paul, um, just check the show notes. And uh, I really appreciate the conversation today, Paul. It was very enlightening. Um, I learned a little bit about myself as well. I, I took some from this and uh, I hope that you continue down your path with, with the happy, healthy humans. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here and uh, thank you for the, the time. Have a good one. Thank you again for listening to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner. If you enjoyed the show, please follow the podcast, hit the bell to know when a new show comes out, share with a friend, and rate us on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It helps get these messages out to more people to create the collective shift in reality we are here to experience. Make sure you interact with the Q&A and poll sections of the show so I can continue to provide content you enjoy. Finally, check out my website in the show notes to become a VIP of Changing the Channel and join the shift that is happening.